You're listening to the GameStreet.biz microcast, recorded on Tuesday, the 22nd of August, 2023. I'm James Batchelor, and joining me today is... Uh, Chris, it's Chris Dring, the one and only. Chris, Chris Dring, the one and only. <laughs> um, we are here to talk once again about the Microsoft Activision acquisition deal. Um, so, latest development in the story broke this morning, just a couple of hours ago. Uh, the very, 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 very short version is... The original Microsoft Activision deal submitted to the CMA, the UK regulator, has been blocked. And the CMA says blocked on a worldwide basis. The new deal, the resubmitted modified deal that Microsoft's been working on since mid-July has now been submitted and is now under a phase one investigation because the CMA is treating it as a brand new deal and are kind of discounting that. The big difference this time is that the deal does not include cloud gaming rights, which was obviously the CMA's biggest concern when it blocked the deal, uh, the original deal earlier this year. Instead, the cloud gaming rights have been sold or divested to an independent third party, Ubisoft. Ubisoft has now got the right or will get the rights to all previously released Activision Blizzard games for PC and console and any games released in the next 15 years when it comes to cloud gaming. So Ubisoft can decide which cloud gaming services they go on, uh, which other kind of cloud gaming platforms they go on. Like, providing this to do with cloud, cloud gaming, Ubisoft has the final say as to where they go and which models they go on. Interesting development. I'll be honest, I didn't see this coming. I did not see, like, another publisher being <laughs> brought into the deal. But Microsoft seems confident that... The fact that Ubisoft is independent, the fact that Ubisoft doesn't have kind of a stake in the you know, Activision or Microsoft's game means that this can now proceed. The phase one investigation is due to be completed by October 18th, which happens to be the deadline for the Microsoft Activision acquisition, the actual deal itself. They extended this back in July. Um, Chris, your take on this, this latest development? Uh, well, uh, in the newly named um, GI Microcast, now going to be the GI has Activision been sold to Microsoft yet um, podcast? Um, no, it's, it's super, it's super significant. Um, I, I, I cannot, I, I often get uh, criticised on social media by Xbox fans for saying this. And I do understand the CMA's position. I don't agree with it. I think it's harsh, but I understood where the CMA's objections were, which was that maybe in the future, if streaming is the future of games, Microsoft might be in a position of dominance. I, 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 I think it's harsh. I think it's unlikely, but it's, it's a potential outcome. And, and they've basically said no based on that outcome. By divesting the streaming rights for 15, 15 years is a long time. Like it's two console generations. Um, it's, it's basically removed that concern. And so I, I, I can't, I think it, I think this is a really big move. I think the thing that's interesting to me is, you know, we keep talking about streaming being the future. Microsoft's always gone, well, not too sure about that. They clearly, they're putting that, they're proving they're not too sure about that by just allowing this, you know, this wouldn't be an option in um, if they believed this was the big selling point for them. So I, I think it's a, um, I think it's, it's, it's a super significant um, move. Uh, and I just hope for everyone's sanity, the CMA don't, take this to a phase two um, that because... was my, my first thought this morning was like we've now invented we've now you know began a phase one investigation i'm like oh god if this goes to phase two as well this thing is never going to end no yeah i i it, hopefully because the cma's done a lot of the work now it's it's ultimately yeah. just 
does this counter that concern? Hopefully, I, I mean, I don't know how. I don't know that. I don't know this part of the process before. It's kind of a unique um, situation, but I think it's a super. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a major um, move for Microsoft, and it should counter those those concerns. I think most regulators, except for the FTC, have sort of moved on from the PlayStation argument mm. um cma's big thing was you know microsoft was already offering 10-year deals to other streaming services but cma's point and it was a good point is that you that microsoft still owned still controlled those rights you know they could pull them at any time and i was thinking of the when marvel pulled all the disney stuff all the marks sorry disney pulled all the marvel stuff off netflix mm. um and put it onto disney plus you know that's you know in 10 years time when those deals expire that's exactly what um uh, uh microsoft could do this stops that prevents that and it just shows where microsoft's priorities are you know they've been saying all along this is about mobile it's a little bit about pc as well and and yeah we can see that now i guess interestingly though when you were talking it did occur to me what about a live service game right what if a uh, call of duty Warzone is still going in 15 years time does that um does that count as a game and they're updating it does that count as a game that's um uh uh that would be a ubisoft title <laughs> or would it be a uh um, would it fall under the the next generation of Microsoft things? And that's a yeah. That's I, a, I imagine that I imagine they'd go by by the original release date in terms of like, you know it was released you know within you know it, it, it it's a current game, isn't it? Like the word the wording was all current active. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't, yeah, I, I we're talking about fifteen years now. I mean, I'm oh, sure yeah. I'm sure they could re-release it and give it a different name if they wanted to. But I, I look. I just think this this does counter all those concerns now. I mean, I'm not a fan of. No, it's not, what I'm not a fan is is a bit is a bit is I'm I'm all, I'm a little bit wary of the big consolidation we had seen in the games industry, of which this was the mm. headline act, um, because it's not always good for small companies when all the big companies just become super big. But I will say that you know that sort of slowed down now with the economic and inflationary pressures that are out there. Um, we're not seeing quite so many of the big deals, not seeing anywhere near actually the number. And uh, and I think Microsoft just Microsoft just needs something at the minute. Um, we're looking at um, I was looking, we did their chart, we did the chart, we did the UK and European charts recently, and you can see from the um, from the data that Microsoft's going back almost the third year of these new consoles. You'd expect things to still growing and still looking up. And although that's true for PS5, Xbox is down by over twenty percent this year in the UK, and that's that's. I mean, we know why they don't have many games and the games they have had just didn't connect. Halo Infinite was was undoubtedly a big disappointment. Um, Starfield is a big bet for them. Microsoft just falling further and further behind in the pack. And I and nobody wants that. They're a great company. They do. They have great hardware, um, great digital innovation. Um, they've got wonderful studios making some cool stuff. I think people want uh, uh, the industry wants the market wants a competitive and strong Microsoft in this area and um and activision blizzard could give them that uh again i'm not necessarily all for big consolidation but i think i think in this case there is a good there is an argument to be made this would improve competition in the in the games market overall and that's that's something that everyone sort of wants i think that's why we're seeing the industry broadly speaking seem to be on microsoft's side in this argument so um yeah, no, it's super. It was a it's, a, it's a big deal. Um, I just love the fact that randomly Ubisoft turned up. I got got that. I got that. I did, I a, I did a, the, the meme of the Star Wars meme. You know, where it's, uh, somehow Palpatine returned. It just felt. It felt. Um, it just. Oh, <laughs> Ubisoft are involved now. It's uh, it's like some weird twist at the end um, uh, where some different character rocks up. 
but it, it's um it is a um uh it is i mean you know it's good deal for ubisoft are actually a good partner for this because ubisoft's liked by all platform holders you know they, they have a good relationship with microsoft they have a great relationship with sony and they have a wonderful they have one of the biggest uh, third parties have a really strong relationship with nintendo um they uh backed google stadia from the start they were there right from day one um that obviously didn't work out for them but they've also been there day one with amazon luna it's they are mm. they are active they you know, they've got views on streaming they've got experience in it um i actually asked Eve Guillermo when i met him in at summer games fest about uh streaming he gave me a, a relatively general answer about it. it's moved slower than uh than i think a lot of people had hoped but you know they still believe in it and i didn't unfortunately put that in print but it, it's it, it sort of shows that they, they do still believe in it and they're, and they're acquiring this big it's good for them some really good type really big games to add to their um their subscription service so it feels it feels like an elegant solution i mean it doesn't you know playstation still won't be happy but i think we've sort of moved on from that uh conversation about whether or not this would seriously harm um sony so um yeah i i just i just think it's super i think it's just a i think it's an elegant solution i just hope this if the cma block the deal still after this concession i will um i will i won't understand it so whereas i understood no. their position before I wouldn't understand it if they blocked it now. And um, and I think I'm one of the few people that did understand the CMA's position. <laughs> um, but um, I didn't actually agree with it, to be clear. I always thought it was a bit harsh. Um, and um, and it's interesting, though. What I love the most is so much noise has been made around the FTC in the US and the FTC court case. But the only two regulators that's actually forced Microsoft to do anything is the EU and, um, and the CMA. They're, they've actually managed to convince microsoft to um uh to do something to to, uh, to to concede some ground and i and you know i think that's a win for the regulators as well you know it might feel like if this gate deal gets approved the regulators have failed but actually i think they've managed to do some they've managed to uh, develop a bit of a win here um so um yeah i don't really have anything else to say i think it's i think it's good i think microsoft's gonna get this deal through um hopefully soon because i don't want to do another podcast about it. <laughs> but um, um, we can start, and then we can start talking about what happens next for them and how they can, you know, grow their business. Because obviously, their business is no longer about console; it's about PC and it's about mobile. And Activision Blizzard will allow them to properly go after those spaces. Well, so that's the conversation I'm really keen to have because just owning Activision Blizzard and by extension King does not automatically change their position in the market in terms of and, and doesn't automatically i mean to to an extent it does it doesn't automatically improve their presence in mobile it doesn't suddenly give them a mobile business it does to an extent in that they are then reaping that you know candy crush money but it's what they do with it it's how they maintain it it's how they grow it it's how they you know just buying something does not automatically fix all of your problems you can't buy your way out of third place essentially so i'm really keen to have that that what's next conversation yeah i mean you're right it doesn't you know i don't you know particularly with call of duty sony and microsoft coming to an agreement on call of duty there's there's not going to be any significant change in market share if any between mm. playstation and xbox at the moment the share they, you know microsoft has had had a better share this generation than sony but that's because of the shortages um the reality is i i, I not not a better share than that's not true they've had a better share than the previous generation <laughs> um they're still very much in um in third place but they but that share is starting to go backwards now um so i don't you know the console space playstation and nintendo are going to continue to dominate that 
certainly for the for the for the immediate future. In mobile, you know, Candy Crush isn't going to suddenly mean that Apple and Google are, are you know, are, are looking over their shoulder. And even on PC, you know, the fact that Valve seemed completely nonplussed by it all, right? So it just sort of shows to you that all of these moves aren't aren't going to change. Um, it means Microsoft's fighting on all three major platform fronts. So they're one of the few companies that are. But they, um, but it doesn't. It's not going to change their position in them necessarily. Blizzard's a big win in PC. I think that's mm. a, that's a key key. Obviously, Call of Duty as well. That's a key. Um, uh, uh, those are some key titles that you know, added with Microsoft's games like Age of Empires and Flight Simulator and all that kind of stuff. It 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 it, it gives them a really strong base of games in which to, and a, leg, and a back catalogue of games in which to build their subscription business and, and their PC business overall. And um, and mobile, they've got Call of Duty Mobile, they'll have Candy Crush, they'll have, they've got their streaming games as well. And that will give them a, a base in which to build from. But, you know, as you say, it's it's um it's you know, they, they might need them more they might need to buy some other mobile companies um to really if they really want to talk they keep talking about launching an app store they need more than mm. admittedly they've got big games but they, i think they might need a few more um so i think they might not be done there but um but yeah they, they, it, it, <laughs> i did i wrote this opinion piece at the end is oh after all it did turn out to be about mobile and pc <laughs> you know it's uh, <laughs> uh so I think, yeah, I think it's, I think this deal's, and I want to talk about those things and I want to talk to uh, Microsoft about those things and, and look at what they're going to try and do. Uh, but at the moment, it's just this will they, won't they with the CMA. And hopefully it, it just gets, a, it ends at phase one and then we can, we can move on with our lives. Who do you think is left to buy in terms of big, significant mobile companies? Who do you think is left to buy? Because obviously King, it comes with the Activision Blizzard purchase, so Microsoft will own that. Glue was bought by EA a couple of years ago. Zynga was bought by 2K, uh, sorry, Take Two, you know, same year that they <laughs> that this whole deal was announced. Um, Scopely just got by Scopely just got bought by Savvy Games Group. Like, there are almost only other other companies out there, but like, like I'm because a lot of companies, a lot of big traditional games companies, have bought their way into the mobile space in the last two three years. I'm intrigued to see who goes next. Sega just bought Rovio earlier this year. Like that's another yeah. one. Like the, like the traditional, the traditional companies are recognising that mobile is and has been for the longest time like the biggest part of the market, and the quickest way to establish a presence there is to buy a company that's already doing something big there. But I'm yeah, I'm just intrigued to see who's next. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it's it, it's not. I mean, Microsoft talked about wanting to expand their reach into new territories and new markets. So. It's not, you know, who's next might not be um, uh, might not be somebody we're even aware of. It might be somebody who's got mm. a big mobile game in India or, or something that isn't necessarily on our radar. Um, so yeah, it's it's that's that's definitely the thing. You know, from what I understand, Embracer have put the for sale sign up across all of the things they own. You know, so um, you know, there's there's I'm sure there's some companies in that little little group that some people might be interested in. But actually, I understand. They've not had much interest because it's you know it's not it's not quite it's not the market for it at the minute, um, mm. and so um, so yeah I, I I that's the thing you see normally at this deal like this would happen and some companies would have to react and other companies would react and stuff but it's just it's not the environment for it you know uh, the, particularly with the inflationary situation so I'm, I don't think necessarily acquisitions are stopped I think there's probably there's a bit of a pause at the minute but um, yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think I think for Microsoft as well, they, it's, as I say, I think they've always talked about this, even before the Activision Blizzard deal. They've already talked about wanting to grow their presence in the East and in other in other territories. That's kind of the point, right? The mobile, the reason why they're buying Activision Blizzard is they don't have a presence in mobile and their PC business is good, but it could be it could be stronger. And and you think, I think, well, what they have no presence in Japan, one of the biggest games markets in the world, right? And it's unlikely that Xbox is going to, you know, the Xbox console is going to do, is going to make much of a dent in that market. But maybe Microsoft can find a, a way through some of the other platforms and they need the content for that. And who, and and they don't really make, you know, they've just basically done a small deal with Square Enix over over the Final Fantasy MMO. They've, um, they've got, uh, uh, they've got a Japanese studio via um, Bethesda. But it, there's probably a need to, find the way into that market and then there's emerging territories like india and, and, and china and and so i would expect microsoft to make more strategic buys than necessarily mm. these sort of big headline um deals again i know but then i thought that last time before i thought that before the activision blizzard deal i thought um, <laughs> they were more like you know someone like sega would be a good fit you know sega's games division anyway because they've got um They've got, uh, Sega's got Rovio, as you quite rightly pointed out. And um, not that that's the biggest mobile company in the world, but it, it certainly has some mobile expertise. They've got Sonic, which is strong across kids, um, which is something that um, I'm sure Microsoft would like to add to its Minecraft um, IP. And um, and then they've got um, they've got big loads of Japanese titles um, uh, that are very popular, Yakuza and, and Persona and all those sort of things. So, um you know, I, I look at that, and I think that might that they they would make sense to me because they've got mm. um, they've got they've got strength in places where Microsoft don't, and they've got a big PC games business, which adds to that as well. Um, but um, obviously, buying Japanese companies is hard, um, and it's not an easy thing. But yeah, I don't know who's next. Um, I think I think you're right. It feels like everything's paused, and and that's partly I, I agree. It's partly due to the economic uncertainty, and obviously, people are being a lot more cautious with their investments and, and spending and so forth. But I also wonder if, because this deal has gone through so, so many steps, there have been so many regulatory hurdles, there's been so much scrutiny over this deal. Now, granted, this deal is undoubtedly, unless someone tries to buy 2K, EA or Ubisoft, this deal is undoubtedly on a larger scale than any other acquisition that might happen after this but i do wonder if like the level of scrutiny here is a factor in people being a bit more cautious like well, actually maybe let's see how the dust settles on this deal before we yeah. try ours i don't think um, yeah there, there are very few deals that'll be on this scale oh yeah <laughs> so, well, that's certainly a uh, but uh, and, it, and it depends on the company i don't know how many companies are in a position to spend that amount of money to be honest mm. um you know, uh, but it, it's an interesting thing. I know there, there are certain opportunities out there, particularly companies that are public companies um, who have just suffered a bit of a tough time. Uh, for nothing, not necessarily fault of their own. I always look at someone like Devolver, right? So Devolver's share price now is really low. You know, it's only about, it's not much more than the cash they've got in the bank. So there's a, so if I was like one of their investors, which PlayStation, by the way, is one, as is NetEase, they, yeah. they, you might be te tempted to see if um, you can negotiate a deal and buy that company out because it's, it's the value is clearly there in its in its bottom line, uh, or even something like Tiny Bill might even be an easier one. These companies who've who've suffered quite poor share performance because they sort of floated at the peak of the games market in twenty one and have now seen their share price collapse. Um, 
there might be some strategic investors amongst their portfolio who are going, I wouldn't mind this. There's, there's an opportunity here. So, you know, I do think there's there's room for something like that to happen. I don't know if that's my, I won't be Microsoft, but there's certainly deals like that that, that could happen. Mm. I just, I, yeah, I'm not entirely sure we're going to see a multi-billion dollar uh, mega deal um, anytime soon, but who knows? I guess, I guess there's also the, uh, cautionary tale there out there of uh, Embracer. You know, Embracer did so many acquisitions over such a short span of time and now is having to restructure and cut down its debt because certain things haven't lined up. So you've got you've got it both ends. You've got like this massive deal that has come under scrutiny. You've got these smaller deals that have built a massive company and that's now, you know, in in more trouble than I imagine they originally envisioned it would be. So yeah, like there's, there's enough reasons out there to be very cautious about which companies you buy if, as you say, if you're in a position to buy anyone at this point. Yeah, right now we're in sort of build sustainable business, have a, you know, mm. position. If you're trying to get more, if, you, if you're a business that's built on, you know, uh, another sit around of seed funding or in the case of Embracer, continued money flowing into the business um, that, you know, it, it's um, from, from other sources outside of the games you're selling. Um it's it's certainly a um it's certainly a tough spot to be in at the minute um you know you've got these situations where companies you know bought all these businesses on debt right and now that debt's worth now that debt's a lot higher because of inflation and and it puts them in in really really a tough spot and they have to start you know living off their living living you know live, living off their means which is not a bad thing necessarily if you can if you can adapt and adapt to that and you've got a nice sustainable business going um that's that's preferable to sort of just relying on investors continuing to pump money in um but yeah it it's certainly it's certainly come at a tricky time for the games industry because you've got this inflationary challenges you've got this um, economic challenges coming at the same time that we're going through that post-pandemic lull it, it feels quite it's really tough out there for businesses of certain sizes actually tough out there for a lot of businesses so um um it's a bit of a weird spot but you, you like to think this is you hope to think this is temporary um, and that um, uh, when things start to pick up again, the games industry will continue its overall sort of, if you, if you take a 10 year view of things, it's been, it's an industry that's growing. It had this weird spike, but broadly speaking, it's a business that's looking up and, um, and yeah, um, we sort of deviated off Activision Blizzard a bit there, but yeah, it's, um, but it's, uh, I think it's a, I think it's just still a strong, healthy business with lots of people that love playing lots of games and, and um that is all we've got time for today. We're going to be back soon with a full episode of the GI Podcast. In the meantime, you can find all previous episodes of the Microcast, the podcast, and now the complete Playable Future series on the same GI Podcast feed, which is available on all podcasting platforms of your choice. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, you can get more news, insight, and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz.